Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey friends, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today. My name is Kate Warman, and I am so joyfully your host here at the Heart of Dating. Now you guys, it has been such an incredible last few weeks here at Heart of Dating. Just a few weeks ago, we hosted our Heart of Dating conference, and I am still in awe reading through your responses and your emails and just hearing your stories and updates. It's been absolutely incredible. And I just want to share a few of the testimonials we've received since the Heart of Dating conference. Jessica said, It has brought me peace, honestly, with surrendering more of the things I've been holding on to and not being so afraid of the outcome because in the end, he wants our happiness, so the outcome is always going to be fantastic. Then Rose said, Such an on-time message as a whole and a very fragmented, isolated time in my life. Thank you for being obedient and allowing the Lord to work through all that you do at Heart of Dating to let us know we are not alone and that we matter. And then lastly, Madison said, this is one of the first contexts in which I've seen Christians openly speak about dating and dating culture. I rarely get practical advice when I share about the struggle of singleness with my church small group because I'm in the minority. It was so good to not feel alone in my journey for once. Friends, we are just so thrilled to see the outpouring of positivity from the conference. It just continues to blow our minds, you guys. And for those of you who are a part of the conference, I want to encourage you to keep working through the content. Remember, there are 34 sessions and you have one year to do all of the content, but keep it up. Remember that nothing changes if nothing changes. So keep going through the content. Okay, guys, I'm so thrilled about the episode today. I had the opportunity and privilege to sit down with my girlfriend, Christy Christie, who really knows what's up when it comes to dating. And we actually talked about what to do when dating feels like chronic disappointment. Have you ever found yourself saying or thinking, I thought this person was a one, but then they broke my heart. I thought I would have been married by now. I don't know what's going on. I feel so lonely and weary. Well, gosh, today we are getting so real about the fact that sometimes dating truly does feel like chronic disappointment. Christy and I also talk about one of the most disappointing things in dating overall, which is ghosting. Let me tell you guys, Christy gets this. She got married at 33 and she really understands what it's like to date in this modern era and have to face chronic disappointment. Let me tell you a bit more about her. Christy Christie is a speaker and writer who wanted to get married to the worship leader at camp who had a perfect family and she hoped would fall madly in love with her and propose and they lived happily ever after. Instead of that well-constructed fantasy, she went on hundreds of internet dates. She had lots of guy friends who invited her to quote-unquote coffee, was in several great relationships that never quite worked out, was in a few relationships that weren't that healthy. One day on an average Tuesday, she met the love of her life at a restaurant. A beautiful dark-skinned man named David Christie made her laugh and asked good questions and even followed up and took her out on real dates. They got married a year later. She has a heart for inspiring people of all relationship statuses to live wholeheartedly in every season. Her messages are heartfelt, humorous, and vulnerable, allowing people to feel seen, understood, and encouraged. You can find her articles about relationships on Darling Magazine, The Huffington Post, The Good Men Project, and XO Jane. She is the founder and creator of Revibrant Kids Family Resources. Christy works for Compassion International, recruiting and equipping communicators to create transformation for children living in extreme poverty. Leadership, empathy, authenticity, travel, and humor are their favorite things. You guys, don't you just love Christy's story? I can't wait for you to hear from her today. Friend, there's one more thing I want to share with you before we go into the episode today. Christy was a part of our recent Heart of Dating conference, and I had the honor of sitting down to talk to her about something she's really passionate about that in turn, I've also become very passionate about. And this thing is Compassion International. 
Friend, it is so wild to me to think that right now, there are people across the world starving and it's becoming even worse. The shutdown has been so crippling for developing countries. It's actually been estimated by the World Food Bank that 150 million people will be added to the list of people who will be starving due to this global pandemic. In fact, Christy shared that now more than ever, there are kids that have been waiting for a sponsor through Compassion International for over a year. They have never seen these kinds of numbers before. All of these numbers are so staggering and heartbreaking to me, but the deal is this, you guys. There is hope because we can be involved. Here at Heart of Dating, we believe in this cause. And because of that, we've partnered with Compassion. My goal is that through Heart of Dating, we get 100 kids sponsored. That would be 100 changed lives. How cool would that be to get 100 of us to sponsor 100 kids? Right now, we actually have 60 children sponsored through Heart of Dating, which I just want to celebrate. It brings me to tears. It is so cool. In fact, I sponsored my very first child, Nancy, from Tanzania a few months ago, and my heart has just been bursting. I know that so many of us are going through a time of trial right now, but I also know that as singles, we can do epic things for the kingdom in this season right now. And guess what? As a fun little bonus, Christy and I will be hosting a fun after party on Zoom for anyone who chooses to sponsor a child. We'll be hosting this Zoom party the week of August 24th. You're going to get an email with all of those details. So if you want to make a difference and if you want to be a part of this, come visit compassion.com forward slash heart of dating. You'll see tons of kids who have been waiting for over a year for a sponsor. I can't wait to really see what God's going to do. I hope and pray that we get to our goal of a hundred children sponsored, a hundred lives transformed. Love it, you guys. Okay, without further ado, here's my episode today with Christy Christie on dealing with chronic disappointment. Christy, Christy, welcome to Heart of Dating today, girl. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> me too, Fred, me too. And I just even loved what we've been talking about before. We've been talking about dating for a while, and I love when I get to really sit down with people who I actually have these conversations with in a real-time basis, you know, and then now we get to just record one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is just our conversation, but we get to let the whole crew hang with us. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, for people who don't know who you are, first of all, you were recently in our Heart of Dating conference and you spoke on how to have a lasting sacred connection. And just so beautifully, like you spoke on this and in such a raw way. And I know that you've been able to even connect to some people since that talk, which has been so cool. And people just have been loving what you talked about at the conference, Christy. So let's just go ahead and say that first. Man, you have like, you have like collected such an incredible community as part of this podcast and as an extension, the conference. It's just been a delight to be part of this with you. Oh, thanks, friend. Yeah, every, you were definitely a crowd favorite because uh, I keep posting polls like, who, who's fa- who, what is your favorite session? And so many people are like, Christy, Christy. I'm like, yeah. Girl. Hey, girl. So nice. <laughs> Thank it. you. I'm glad it resonated. Yeah. Well, other than being an amazing speaker, what, uh, what other things do you do? Tell us a little bit about you for people who didn't get to hear you at the conference. Yeah, I have a heart for just helping people live in healthy, whole relationships in their with their whole life. So in every aspect. And um, part of what I get to do, which I love, is that I work for Compassion International and I'm the speaker relations manager. And I get to partner with incredible communicators to help expand the reach of their work um, to get kids sponsored in the developing world. And so I have just a massive heart for children. I used to be a children's and family director in a few local churches in LA. And then surprise, surprise, God kind of took me on this winding road as a, as a full-time communicator and coach. And I did some church consulting and then ended up working for Compassion full-time and I just love it. And so now I still, I still do some side hustle things, you know, speaking and writing. And um, I have a, a, a ministry to families where we 
provide family night curriculum, but those are some of the things I do, but I live here in Calabasas, California, just over the hill from you and um, with my husband and my very cute Cocker Spaniel who's sitting here laying next to me right now because oh. he was barking outside and I, we couldn't have barking on the podcast, so <laughs> he had to come inside. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You definitely are a woman that is, I got to say this, you are an advocate of so many people. You really help bring out like people's gifts. Like I, I still reflect back to uh, almost a year ago now that we had, we sat at Mount Malibu Farm Cafe and just talked for like hours. I think I had scheduled on my calendar like an hour, hour and a half. And I think we ended up talking for like three to four hours. Yeah. And we're like, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. But it was so wonderful to just hear your heart and just you have so many amazing fresh ideas and you're so real and you give to people. And so I just love you as a human being and what you do. And, and then also, (laughs) thanks girl, all the love love up in here, (laughs) but also what you do for compassion. And you were able to speak a little bit about that in the conference too. And we've talked about that a bit and I'm just so excited that you kind of inspired me to sponsor my first child through compassion. Her name's Nancy. And I'm just so, I got my paperwork the other week about how to connect further with Nancy. And I'm just so excited. Like there's printed the picture, put it on my fridge and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. (laughs) It's real. It's so real. And like, I have met those kids. Like, I don't know if I've met Nancy, but I have met so many kids. So It is so real and it's so great when it becomes more than just a picture, you know? Oh man, for sure. And I know that you shared this during our conference live, but you and David actually sponsored your seventh child during COVID, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah. I, he was like, what, what's this? And I was like, oh, we sponsored another child. Uh, he's actually the husband. He's always told me he's the husband that will never say no to that kind of decision. So, well, I can't wait. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that today. And as you and I were texting and kind of brainstorming, what are we going to talk about today to all the dating people and all the single people out there? What really resonated, and you brought this to my attention too, is just disappointment. And as soon as you said, what about, let's talk, what about we talk about disappointment? I was like, ooh, yeah. And so we're titling this episode, When Dating Feels Like Chronic Disappointment, because I kind of feel that that's the message I've been getting from so many people, but especially right now in this pandemic season, Christy, and it really does feel like, hey, maybe I've been going along hoping things would happen differently in my dating life, but then bam, this global pandemic came and it's kind of put so many things on pause, so many of our hopes and dreams in ways. And it feels even harder to potentially get that desire of a spouse, you know, uh, in this season where we can't, we can't meet people the same way as we did before. We maybe have to change things up, do online, like, you know. Like, how do you flirt with a mask on? Yeah. Like, if you're Costco, how exactly are you supposed to give, I guess it's a side eye or something, I don't know. I know, right? (laughs) You can't, I mean, yeah, I guess you wink, like, really awkwardly, I don't know. Maybe we we need to figure that out. We need some testing. How do you flirt with a mask on? I know, right? The funny part is that I have noticed, I I can't remember where I shared this, but what I have noticed is that people are desperate to talk to other people right now. So I actually, even though we are wearing masks, I actually have been hit on a few times at the grocery store where I'm just like in my casual clothes with a mask, basically no makeup because you don't really wear that with a mask that often. Were you wearing your ready to mingle sweatshirt though? Yeah. Maybe that's the way to flirt with a mask on is to wear your sweatshirt. Yeah, they're ready to mingle, right? It's like explicit, (laughs) hey, I am ready to mingle, to meet you, to talk, whatever. (laughs) But it's so funny. And like, I, I, you know, there's those times that when you go to the store and you're just like, I really don't want to talk to anybody right now. Like I actually just like want to get in and out. So it was funny some of the times when people talk to me, where I was like, oh, I kind of didn't want to talk to anybody right now, but okay, this is kind of nice. I mean, real human interaction. Like, all right, like, yeah. I can get yeah. into that. I think we're starving for that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, overall, this season is just filled with like a whole pool of disappointment. And I think that there's a lot of people that are feeling that right now, especially people 
that are in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s. Maybe they've never been married before. Maybe they've never been on a date before. Maybe they are divorced. Maybe they are widowed. And just trying to figure out like, hey, I where what is next for me? You know, and yeah. feeling yeah, definitely. feeling lonely. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to open up the dialogue uh, I know your story is unique and you got married in your thirties. I think when you're 33, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which now feels like pretty young to be honest. But, um, at the time I really felt like, wow, over the hill for married, as far as married people go, but not at all. You know, so if you're, you're, I, I just think we have to live in more abundance around age and, when and how. And I think the culture says you're supposed to get married at 22 or 25 or whatever, 30. And it's like, we've set these artificial like timeframes that end up just like really causing us to feel, I think that disappointment compounds when we have these deadlines that we've artificially put in place, believed that God has in place for us or any of that. And then that gets like, that gets messed with and it's just hard, you know? Yeah. There's definitely an expectation like be married. I mean, let's be real. Lots of people, especially in the church culture, it's like, there's an encouragement to like get that MRS degree. You know, if you're a woman in in college and ring by spring and all these things in college where it's like, these are, I actually talked, I coached a college student not too long ago and I talked to her and she was like, no ring by spring is like still really actively real thing at my Christian college. I was like, Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so glad I didn't get a ring by spring. Can I just say that? Yeah. Like, as I reflect on my life, I'm like, such a good thing, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. The Lord knew what he was doing with me. I need a little little time. Yeah, a little time. Yeah. I think it's hard. You know, you like you you want you want to be married. And that's and like here's the thing: marriage is awesome. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, I, one of the things I hated when I was single and in my thirties was when people were even late twenties is when my friends who were married would be like, it's a gift. It's a gift. Enjoy it. And I'd be like, okay, well that doesn't really help me. Cause I'm kind of sad a lot of the time or I'm lonely at points. Like, so I'm hoping it's better on the other side, you know? <laughs> um, and so I'll say as a married person, I really enjoy marriage. I love being married to my husband. Um, I'm, I think you have to marry a person that is fun to be married to, too. You know, that's why you're waiting, why you're single, you know, there's a reality. And I think the minute COVID shut everything down, I was like, I instantly had this empathy inside of me where I was like, oh man, because I have so many dear friends, like some of my best friends are single and, and, and in all various age groups. And like you said, divorced or never married or longing, you know, for more. And, and it's just, it's, it's really, there's a reality to the loneliness of this season. Yeah, there really is. And so I'm curious to know, Chrissy, too, just you got married around 33. Do you, was there a moment in your singleness where you felt just really disappointed? Cause you just expressed like that you feel empathy. I'm sure there was like a time or two where you just felt disappointed. Like, Hey, I thought I was going to be married by now. Time or like 50. Yeah. Time or 50 that (laughs) I was disappointed. Yeah. You know, some of my best friends got married. Like my very, my childhood best friend, Maggie met her husband, her freshman year of college. They are like freshman first week of school. Like, okay. And they're still married. They have three kids. They're lovely and, and good for them. But that was not my story, you know? And so there was many points. I finally, at one point we would laugh about it where she's like, I just simply like, she, she couldn't understand because it had been so really easy for her, you know, to make meet somebody. And so I said, imagine that you're running, you're going on these dates over and over. I did the internet dating thing. I did the meet people at the grocery store thing. Like I meet people easily. That's just part of my personality. So I dated a lot and enjoyed that, you know? Um, but yet there were many times where as I had a longing to be married that I told her, this is my analogy. I said, imagine that you repeatedly run and run towards a brick wall. And so every time someone says, eventually a door is going to open and you just keep running at that same brick wall and you hit your head every time. Eventually you're like, I, I don't want to run at the brick wall. And I'm really not sure a door is going to open, you know, <laughs> and it may be a silly analogy, but the point is like, I just started to go, man, this is getting really hard to like, cause you start, 
if over and over and over again, you're having this like same experience where like you like someone and they're cute and you kind of like them and you guys talk for a while and it's fun and then it falls off. Like if that keeps happening over and over, it's hard to have hope that it's going to ever turn the corner and become the lasting connection and relationship you're longing for. Um, and so there was a point I would say, as you asked about like the moment, um, you know, I actually, I had some friends that lived up in, up above Santa Barbara in this area called Los Olivos. And they were like, you know, we know you're a writer. Like anytime you want to come up and have a writer's retreat, our guest house is yours. And I was like, you are my favorite people right now. <laughs> I know. So I, Anywhere near a vineyard? Come on. Yes. Like, Kate's like, can I meet your friends? Yeah. yeah I'm but, like, can I come up there have a writer's retreat? <laughs> So yeah, so I drove up there and I remember I have this vivid memory of the morning um, in that little guest house. I mean, sometimes, and I think that that's probably what's happening a lot right now for many of you is that sometimes we're forced in, like when you, I would think this romantic idea of going off by myself and writing and having no distractions, but then often I'd face my own pain and face my own disappointments and sadness it would just meet me in that moment where I'd be like oh my gosh like what a, distract me find something to do but that day I, I laid on their carpet in their little room and I was just writing to God and I finally was like brutally honest you know I'll be honest cuss words and all where I was just like I don't understand Lord like why am I still single? Like, this isn't what I wanted. And I mean, those were words I didn't feel brave enough to say out loud before, you know, because I was, I'm, I have strong positivity in me. So I'm always like, it'll be, it'll all work out, you know? And I finally like spoke that into the light, into the light and just put it before the Lord. And, and he really spoke to me and was like, my promises are still true for you, you know? And, and, and I don't know that God promised, God doesn't promise marriage for all of us. Yeah, you know, it's not like, yeah. And he's not Santa Claus. And we yeah, ought or not Jamie in a approach him yeah. like Santa Claus, right? Yeah. And say, give me my husband or give me my wife. You know, it's like God has already done enough for us and just loving us that it should be enough, you know, even though we have these longings and he says, bring them to my feet, you know? So anyways, I remember that moment and I'll tell you, there was a, there were a couple of guys that I had been dating. Yes, plural. Um, and I... <laughs> And it's all falling apart, you know. Yeah. I am being real. Yeah, no, and never all at the same time, but sort of, you know, how it goes with dating, where sometimes yeah. things pop up and then <laughs> they pop back up. Pop it's like, oh, you again? Exactly. Okay, we'll move you to the front burner out. this time. No, I'm just. I know this is done, but since there's no one else around, why not? You know. So, um, yeah, no, uh, and I think I really realized that all of my quote-unquote options that I was sort of keeping on the burners were done, and it was just. Yeah, I think that blank space can be just really hard to sit with. Mm, yeah, because what I've realized in um, – I really attribute this in my moment of disappointment was I had gone through 10 years of back-to-back -back relationships, it ending in an abusive relationship, just realize yeah. how to come face-to-face -face with, Kate, you've never really been single. So why don't mm. you figure out what that's like? You know, who are who is Kate without relationships? Who is Kate without a man in her mm. life? And I cut out even male friendships for a season as well. Well, as I sought healing oh. and just because I would get validation, even just having a male somebody in my life, even if I didn't want to yep. be with them romantically. Yep. Totally. So yeah. I had to go to an extreme level for a few years, mm -hmm. but then, you know, I finally got after about three years, I got back on the dating scene, tried to do it in a healthier way. And eventually people who listen to the podcast would know the story, but I ended up dating somebody who I was like, this is being done the right way. You know, this man loves God. Yeah. My community is loving him. He like yeah. my mentor was in, he knew my mentor. Just like all the people are like, oh yeah, like you're going to marry this guy and you know, like all the things. And honestly, I put a lot of my eggs. I put probably all my eggs into this basket of like, this is going to work. This is happening. This is finally it. Right. And then it, after six months, just literally ended. I did not see it coming. He said, I don't have peace about marrying you. It was this whole thing. And still I was in sh literal shock, Christy, like what? You know, like talk about that brick wall. It was, I just totally thought I was running for that open door. I was like, this is it. Yeah. We are going to go through that door, yeah. prance through the fields. It's going to be like flowers and sunshine. And it's like wonderful into the sunset. Oh. Right. And then suddenly yep. that door and that brick wall and 
I totally didn't see it coming. And it was in that season where I had to wrestle with God. I was like, God, I went through 10 years of terrible relationships. I did my work. I like, I stopped dating. I stopped talking to guys. I tried to get all the healing Mm -hmm. and like, I tried to do it right, Lord. I finally found someone who was a really good godly man. And what the heck? Like, what the heck? It's so hard when he's like saying, I don't feel God's giving me your peace. You're like, Lord, hook up, hook him up with some peace. Yeah. I'm like, come on over here. Like, I feel the peace. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, wait, I don't get it. Why are you telling him to pause about me? Like, give me a break. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, ah, and I just felt so disappointed. I was like, what in the world? Like, and you know, facing those lies of disappointment, like, well, if this didn't work out, will it ever work out? Like, I finally feel like I'm doing it right, you know? And so does that, what does that mean? You know, it reminds me, I think I wasn't vulnerable enough when I answered that question. Yeah. So here's, here's my most disappointing moment in dating. I was sitting, I had gone to meet my boyfriend's family for Thanksgiving across the country I'd gotten grandma's rice pudding recipe. I had sung, I had danced to Dancing Queen in his in their kitchen with his mom. I mean, I was planning my whole life out. I was like, summers by the lake in the northeast, like this is perfect, you know. And then we sat in the airport on our way home, and I could tell he was really distant. And I was like, Hey, what's going on? Like, and he just looked at me. I swear to you, I'll never forget it. And he said, You know, I just I don't think I love you enough to marry you. And, and then he said, you just don't take my breath away. Whoa. And I was just like, I I mean, I don't know if I've ever felt like out, like completely lifted out, eject out of my body, you know, (laughs) just like eject, eject, take me. And I had to sit on an airplane with him. Thankfully they upgraded us to first class on accident. So that was like, but I sat in first class and I looked out the window and I just cried the whole way. And he kept saying, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, no. Can you stop no, talking? Fairy <laughs> tale is absolutely in the grave right now. And um, I don't know what to do with that, you know? So it's just brutal. It's been Ooh, a I long time. I can't even imagine. And I would venture to say for people who are listening, whether they've been through that kind of a heartbreak where you're like, this is it, like, this is going to be it. Wow. You know, yeah. or if it hasn't been less a heartbreak, but more just the hope that it, it's going to happen by a certain time. And that time, that year comes that you put yourself out there. It's still not happening. Nothing's working out. It's like, for me, after that relationship, that big heartbreak, I call it a few years ago. I mean, I had to grieve like what I thought my life was going to be. And what I, at that age, what I thought I was going to be with that man, you know, and what I thought God was telling me was right. And that's what I actually hear so many people share with me like God, but, or Kate, but God told me like, I, I, he was deleting me in this direction. He gave me a vision of me and this person or my life at this stage. And it just isn't that way. And I'm like, well, gosh. And what I had to get back to is, is God still good? Even though this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to wrestle with like, why would God leave me? If like, I mean, I think this really I think being single and single longer than you want to, there's nothing that's going to take you deeper in your theology, deeper in your relationship with God. Cause you have to wrestle through some of these like core beliefs of like, why would God lead me down this road? If then it ends, you know, like, or what, or your perception of what God led you towards or any of that, like, that's a lot. So wow. Hey guys, quick break today in our wonderful episode because I have something really exciting to share with you that I've been looking forward to tell you about for a while now. So raise your hand if this year has not turned out how you thought it would. So for me personally, one of the biggest invitations I felt from God in this time is to just truly surrender and trust in the process. It's basically the only thing I felt like I can do when everything else has felt like such a chaotic storm outside. But here's also what I've realized. I'm pretty good at surrendering and trusting when I feel like I'm in control. (laughs) That's not really surrender and trust, is it? But if there's anything I've learned this year is that I am just not in control, especially of so much that is going on in our world. This is why I'm so grateful for my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson and her heart to create content to help walk individuals into a place of God's presence with trust. 
She's been working on something just so great, you guys, that I finally get to share with you today. It's her new book, The Between Places, 100 Days to Trust in God When You Don't Know What's Next. And it's perfect for any woman who's navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's for the woman who is single and wondering if she's ever going to find her person. And it's for the woman who's dating someone and wondering, is this person really my guy? It's for the woman who has worked in the same career for several years now, which has led her to be unsure of what she wants to really do for the rest of her life. It's also for the woman who's just feeling the weight of uncertainty in this season of life we're in now. Maybe you're weary or lonely or confused, feeling like the whole world has turned upside down this year, taking your plans and any sense of security right alongside with it. It's a prayer journal for seasons of waiting and uncertainty, times of transition and making big decisions to help you trust God with your future. The Between Places is officially out now and you can pick up your very own copy by visiting smaywilsonshop.com. And guess what, friends? Stephanie created a special promo code just for the listeners of Heart of Dating because she loves us just that much. If you use code HOD, you'll get 15% off your copy of The Between Places. I actually just got my copy last week and I got so excited. It is the most gorgeous thing to look at, both on the outside and on the inside. The content is so rich. And I just got to be honest, nice looking things make me feel that much more excited to open it and actually use it. If you're in what feels like a between place, making big decisions, dealing with uncertainty, I want to encourage you to pick up your copy of this beautiful new prayer journal by going to smaywilsonshop.com and using promo code HOD for 15% off. One book that I love about this topic is It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst, mm-hmm. if you've read that. And mm-hmm. I wrote down a quote because before the interview, I was like, oh, let me just see if what, you know, reflect back on some things I learned from this book. And yeah. she said, disappointment is not necessarily proof that God is withholding good things for us. Sometimes it's his way of leading us home. And that was a hard thing for me <laughs> when I read that in her book. I'm like, Okay, so like you mean this is sometimes God's way of leading me back to him and his goodness and is he enough? And those questions, which are really hard because it's not to say that our desire for marriage isn't good. And it's not to say that God doesn't care about that desire either. But I think sometimes when we don't get what we want and when we put so much hope in something, we go to, oh, God isn't good, or he doesn't care about those desires, or he's just withholding good things from me and giving it to everybody else, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard to wrestle with those things. But again, disappointment isn't proof that God is withholding good things from us. Sometimes it's his way of leading us home. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like a lot of times the disappointments aren't like really up to God. You know what I mean? Like yeah, these sure. are like just the realities of the broken nature of this world. And so people are making choices. We have free will. And yet God walks alongside of us and makes a plan out of the broken pieces that are in our hands, you know? And he says, I'll show you something like it's that, it's that paradox of God being inside of time with us and outside of time and omniscient and saying, I see all of it. And so I will guide you and we'll walk together. And I care about every detail of your life. He knows every hair on your head, every freckle on my arms. I have a lot of them. And and I, I just think that, that that guiding us home to him, like into that, like I was just listening to a song today that was um, that Siri gave me. Isn't that fun? When like Siri, gets- Hey Siri. <laughs> all right. Siri, the Holy spirit. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but it was the song, um, about my father's house. And I just, Oh man, it just, I can picture myself like dwelling in a house that was just safe and good. And I think that when we, t- when Lisa talks about guiding your home, I mean, that's, that's home, right? Like to be home in the presence of God and just, no matter what happens on this earth to know there's more to this life than just like the plan of the next of getting married by the time you're 45 or whatever, you know, like there's more to this than that. And I think one of the biggest things that you're sharing that then connected to how I process through my disappointment was like, there is more to this disappointment than what I can see right this second. Cause right now, all I can really see since I'm so far in it is like, I didn't get what I wanted and this is painful mm-hmm. and I feel really sad or depressed or angry or whatever, one of those stages of grief. But mm-hmm. the thing I had to realize in my breakup a few years ago and that big disappointment moment in my life was 
God isn't promising me and doesn't necessarily promise me that I am going to understand the answers for all of the reasons for why. Because to your point, right. like I maybe could have married this guy. He chose not to marry me. <laughs> and maybe God would yeah. have blessed it if we had been together, right? I don't know. This, you sure. know, he decided not to. And so, I, but there's a reason for that, that God will make all things good and form it into his plan through time truly, but the key there is through time. And I had to release trying to understand in that moment, which literally was making me go crazy, downward spiraling. Why, 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 why didn't it work out? Why is, why, why didn't it go exactly as I thought? Why did, was it something I did wrong? Like all the reasons for why me trying to focus on why it hasn't happened the way I thought it was going to only really directed the arrow back to pointing issues about myself out, you know, and some there's, or like negative things or lies about myself. And there's a level of learning. Sure. Great. We should all be growing and reflecting, but there's a, there's a place where there, it could also just lead us to so much shame and to just really hating ourselves in ways or just not even liking Mm -hmm. ourselves and, and to hopelessness Mm -hmm. when we go into that downward spiral of why, you know? Right. That self-critical voice that says, if you had just been like, we, I I mean, for me, I would go write it like my body, like what was wrong with my body that someone rejected me? What was wrong with my personality that someone rejected me? What was wrong with maybe my posture or maybe I texted too much or maybe I called too much or maybe I didn't do that enough, you know? And it's like, some point we have to just surrender and say like, no, as I am, I'm lovable and loved. And so we can learn from our mistakes and we can learn from our posture and we can like reflect. And, you know, it makes me think, Kate, like some of the things we were talking about too, is that um, I think with this appointment, especially when we don't like, I guess, as you said it, like don't get what we want or even get what we want in the timing or just things don't, life doesn't sort of perform in the way we expected, you know? Um, I think that's like a reality for, I think every person on this planet for the most part, you know, even people who got married at 22 can tell you they have disappointments in their life too, you know? And so I think that we have to really look at our relationship with God and really, really look at our relationship with, I, I mean, I think it's really important to examine our, how our parent relationships Um, have impacted our view of God and how maybe, or maybe how our churches that we grew up with or the media's depiction of God or however we see God and make sure we expand our space for him in our lives to be good and loving and gracious and with us in our suffering. Like he's with us. Like when I, when I felt the lowest, I felt the Lord almost just revealed to me, like, I, I'm sad with you about your suffering. It's like that story of Lazarus where it's like, Jesus knows Lazarus is going to go to heaven and it's going to be way better than earth, but yet he weeps with his friends. And so I think God weeps with us when we're sad. So we're never alone. Yeah. And like we have to, and one of the things I heard this sermon by Tim Keller, actually it was during that season of that disappointment. I, I, someone sent me this, a good friend and he calls it praying your tears. And, uh, it's really about, inviting God into the lament, you know, inviting him into as you cry. Cause a lot of times our crying, they're good. It's, it's therapeutic, but you know, we can get into a downward spiral, you know, in our brain of like, Oh my gosh, but this, that, and the other. And instead of it going there, can we, can we instead invite God in lament with him? Like, of course you'd be like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why did you do this? What is going on? Lord, I need you to comfort me right now. I need to have some glimmer of hope for something in my life right now, like whatever it is. And we pray through our tears. And I actually tried that out in my season of disappointment and it strengthened my relationship with God like no other. I actually almost every day in that season would go on what I called a worship prayer walk and I would pray my tears. <laughs> you know, I would be Beautiful. walking and praising God, but also crying and being like, why? <laughs> you know, all the things and just creating that rhythm of daily, like inviting him in to the pain, I felt closer to him than ever. Uh, I started mm-hmm. out feeling like, oh my gosh, how has he forsaken me? <laughs> and But then slowly yeah. through inviting him in, I felt like, oh no, you deeply and truly do care. And you're actually hurting yeah. with me on yeah. this and you haven't forsaken you know, Kate, me. It makes me think about how important that was for you to do that. And that like, if you don't grieve, 
um, and I think this is this is something that has been really on my heart is that um, we have to remain gentle, you know, and disappointment and pain can make us really hard so that we can then enter the next relationship and be like, all right, well, I'm, an, I'm not going to get hurt again. No, I'm not. You're not going to hurt me. So we kind of enter the next relationship in this defensive sort of harsh kind of manner. And then we don't really give the new person an opportunity to just know us in this like tender, gentle way. Like, and gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. It's part of Jesus. Jesus was gentle, you know? So I think it's, it's not just a like meek, gentle. It's like not being hard hearted, not being harsh, not being, but that can only happen. I believe if we um, grieve, you know, and we really release the pain of the past because God wants to heal those things so that he can, we'll be like, we'll be prepared to really connect, you know? Mm, that's good. Christy, what you're typing on is so huge because it's almost that being very cynical, like, oh, well, other Christian guys were like this. I see it a lot with online dating, especially. Oh, I tried. Nope. This guy did something X, Y, Z and not going to do it again. Nope. Not. Or even if they try it again, they're like, mm, I already know it's probably going to fail. <laughs> No. Yeah, I know this. And I think that's the thing is like, I was listening to Andy Stanley's sermon last Sunday, and he was talking about how as human beings, we crave certainty. And he was obviously talking about in the context of COVID-19, like we're craving certainty, but we, we really, there is no certainty for a lot of these things, but we can crave, we can create clarity for ourselves. So I think it's really normal that we want certainty. And so when we enter a relationship, it can be can be really easy to want to control and try and um, protect ourselves in a way that we, it, the Bible says to guard our hearts, but it doesn't say to build that cinder block wall around our heart, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like Brene Brown says this, and I always remind myself, hey, try to do this today. She says, strong back, soft front, wild heart. And that's how she mm -hmm. tries to walk out her life, you know, yeah. having a strong back. Yeah. Here's my boundaries. I know what my lines are. I know what my values are. My soft front. I'm willing with my heart to be vulnerable, to be open, to let you in. And why? Or that's a soft front. And then the wild heart. It's like, I don't want to just be rigid. I want to be creative and unique and have dreams and visions, you know? And it's like, yeah. Ah, yeah. How do we walk in relationships after we've been through so many disappointments with a strong? back, soft front, wild heart, you know? <laughs> yeah, good. Really good. You know, something that you and I talked about too before this, I hear this as pretty much one of the biggest disappointment factors in dating. And I think it's where people do develop such a, uh, a hard muscle or whatever, a hard tendency to like just assume the worst is because there's a lot of uh, ghosting happening <laughs> and, and people just kind of disappearing. I think this is actually a chronic issue, right? You actually said it in a text. You're like, the chronic ghosting is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And that creates like a really hard-heartedness for us sometimes. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, all people of this type, all ghost, you know? Yeah, I've heard of this. I hate to say this, like I sound like such a old married lady. I've heard about this, you know. Um, uh, I do think it's really chronic, especially in a digital culture, because we have. I mean, we could go into the why behind ghosting, and we, we could fill up a whole another podcast. But I think that it, I'll, I'm just going to say this to all of you listening who've been ghosted. I'm so sorry. You are precious, and you did not deserve to be ghosted. And I think we just have to be really carefully to like, again, to personalize all of that experience to be like all about us or all about them or all about, it's like, I think we've got a lot of people walking around who do not have the emotional capacity or skill set to have hard and uncomfortable conversations. And, um, I personally am always trying to grow in my capacity to have uncomfortable conversations because those are the kinds of conversations that well up in our body and make us feel so awkward, but they can be some of the most important conversations we have. Um, in fact, if a book recommendation would be Crucial Conversations, um, one of the best books I've read, honestly, in the last 10 years, I will put it on that level. And it really just talks about the, and this is, this is for everything, workplace, but, but family, spouses, dating partners, like 
And so um, it's funny as, as I got, like I would say in the last few years before I did meet David, um, I really made the commitment to not, like, even if someone was going to ghost me, I was like, I'm going to learn how to not ghost, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I remember <laughs> this like second date with this guy, Midani Harmony, super nice guy, just so not my people and it's okay. Right. <laughs> yes. And I could tell he really was liking me more. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, you know? <laughs> and um, so by the end of the date, he was like, oh my gosh, like I, he knew I was going on vacation and I, I legitimately was going on vacation and, and uh, he said, well, when you get back from vacation, like we should go out again. And I was like, Hey, I remember his name was Matthew. I was like, Hey, Matthew, like, I think you're such a cool guy. And I like affirmed a few things that I liked about him, but I'm like, you obviously care so much about the high schoolers you work with and you're creative and thoughtful, but I'm going to be really honest. Like, I'm not sure that we're really a match and, and I wished we were, but I just have got this real clarity right now that I'm not sure we are. Now that's like so awkward. We were face to face in Westwood. Like, oh my gosh. but he was like, so he's such a sweet guy and I just didn't want to string him along, you know, yes. and nor did I believe like that text would come across nicely either. And sometimes that's the best thing to do, Yeah. but he was cool. And like, we had a cool friendship going like conversation and he just smiled real big. And I knew he could handle that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to know your people and who can handle hearing stuff like that. I just said it with a smile and just said, I think you're so awesome. Here's why. I don't think, like, I'm looking for one guy. It's very specific. You know, like, I'm not looking for every guy to be my my person. So, um, and he was like, hey, thanks for just telling me that. And I was like, you bet, man. Like, I wish you well. Like, this was really fun. And I, I really appreciate getting to get to know you. And um, I've learned something, you know, and parted ways. I've never heard from him again, never talked to him again, but, um, yeah, I think we have to first practice not ghosting, right? Oh man. I think practicing not, not ghosting is so important because I do find, and we talked about this, like some people who are being ghosted also end up ghosting other people. And in the moment, there's a lot of ways that you can justify it. I'm really busy right now. Oh, they weren't that nice anyway, or they don't seem that interested. I'm not just going to reject him. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't want to, and my favorite, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. So that's actually kind of a codependent response. Well, I can't say this because they might, might hurt their feelings. And so because of that, I just have to not know that's an excuse. You are an excuse because you don't want to have an uncomfortable comfortable conversation. Well, let me, let me do say this too, though. I think there are people that like, I actually at one point thought of writing, maybe I'll still write it. Um, thought of writing an article called in in defense of ghosting and, um, kind of was thinking about, there is a reality. There are toxic people out there that just do not need or deserve our response. That's that's okay. Yes. That's a, that's a situation when ghosting is fine. Um, and, and I've like, in some of those situations, I've just said, Hey, I'd like to no longer continue communicating. You know, I'm clear about my boundary and then I do not respond no matter how toxic and ridiculous those texts come through our, so there is a space for just going, Hey, I, I actually don't have words right now, you know? And so I'm going to pause. So I think there, there are times, but most, most of the time when we're talking about like, just, I don't really dig you. We can, we can have that conversation. We can all be grownups, you know? Yeah. And I think I've also seen people say this at the end of a relationship. Oh, the person just ghosted me. My thing is if you guys have broken up, just be clear about your boundary. Like you just said, Christy, like if it ended, especially if that person is toxic for you or them reaching out feels toxic and is just unhealthy for you, just be clear. Hey, I don't believe you mean harm or whatever, but it's not good for me to continue conversing with you. It's just really not. And so I'm going to ask you to not reach out anymore and I will not be responding to you. Like so clear. And then keep your boundary, you know? So then if they keep messaging you and you're not texting them, you're not ghosting them. You're not ghosting them at all. Even when it's 10 PM and you're lonely. Yeah. Even when your boundaries are down. (laughs) And you've had a glass of wine. Like, come on, everybody. Now. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yep. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think ghosting is such an interesting thing. And I think that it's sad and it is a bummer. And I think that, um, and also it's, it's an immature way to end a relationship that I'm just going to say that like that is it's immature. And if someone was immature with you, then honestly, just be grateful. You saw who they are and just say, I remember someone, one of my older, I've always had friends of all ages. And 
I was like 23. My friend Michelle was 38. And this was the same boyfriend that broke up with me in the air, you know. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh huh. And she looked at me as a 38 year old. I thought she was like a million years old. But um, she looked at me and she said, Christy, when a man tells you what they mean, what they, when a man tells you who they are and how they feel, believe him. Like if he says, I don't love you enough to marry you, that doesn't need, 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 need to mean that's about me. That could be about him. Like he doesn't have capacity to go in this direction. And so believe him and move forward, you know, like just relax. It's okay. You know? Yeah. And I think that is so strong. And the problem with ghosting is that because there aren't words, we start to put words to the meaning Ooh, of the ghosting. We're like, point. oh, there are no words. And therefore I did something wrong. We personalize it so quickly when there aren't words. That's why I think not ghosting is so much more helpful because, hey, you know, I think you're great. I just don't think that we're an actual compatible match. Okay. I can actually do more with that than having no words from somebody. You know, <laughs> I, I, there's, there's more ifs, ands, or, or questions in my head now. And I think we just immediately take it personally. We're like, Oh, something's wrong with me. I texted too much. I used too many emojis. I didn't text enough. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was overbearing. I, I talked too enough. much. I didn't do this. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. You start like questioning, you fill in the blanks. And the reality is to your point, like, Oh my gosh, maybe they're dealing with something like, Oh my gosh, yeah. maybe their ex reached out to them. And now they're really confused. Maybe they had something come up at work and wow, they just don't have capacity to be in a relationship. Not a great way to do that to you, but hey, you know, it could be literally yeah. things like that. <laughs> yeah. I think literally people are out of capacity sometimes. And that is what we have to realize. Like they're maxed and so they're shutting down and you're just part of the shutdown and, and that sucks, but it is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this is, I'm so glad we addressed it, ghosting. Cause I hear it so often and everyone is just like, Oh, mm-hmm. eye roll. I feel like everybody talks about it. But as we're wrapping up this conversation, just about disappointment, Christy, there is a place even for the people right now listening who may feel like, ah, this is not what it was supposed to look like. My life, I was supposed to, I thought, be married at this point, or I thought I was going to work out with that one person. And it just feels disappointing. What, like, how can we find a light in the tunnel? Like something that feels soul giving, you know? Like, cause I I think that we can. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I think we have to reshape our view of what life is supposed to be. I, I think that we have this, we have the American dream and the gospel tangled up together. And so we believe we're, we're owed sort of this lifestyle and this kind of pattern to our life. And the truth is like, it doesn't work that way for anybody on this planet. Okay. And so the more I have honestly had exposure to, um, the international experience, like to folks that are some of my friends who are living in, um, the developing world who are, living in extreme poverty, who have grown up there, who are working there now as adults, who have just given me such a perspective. And and this is something I've really been reflecting on in this time, this COVID weird shutdown, you're stuck at home time, is that what does it mean to love God without condition? Like, and to follow God without condition and to trust God without condition. Cause like, I, I can say I trust God, but um, that I'm honest. A lot of times I trust you and that you're going to hook me up, you know, eventually. (laughs) And, and I think, um, trusting God really is a surrender of all conditions and that is radical. I recognize that, but it is, is something that the poor have taught me. And, and, um, and that began for, for David and I, when we were engaged and we sponsored our first child in India, his name was Rohit. And he really helped us put our you said all the eggs were in the basket for that guy. We we started realizing where the eggs could be better distributed, you know, mm-hmm. like let's put our hope in other things and let's put our passion and gifts and vision into other places. And so um, when David got his first raise, when we were just married, I remember him looking at me and instead of saying like, oh, let's go get a nicer car or whatever. He was like, let's make sure we sponsor another kid. And I was like, I love this man, but I also saw the transformation that sponsoring a child really has had in our lives. And like you said at the beginning, we are just absolutely love sponsoring kids. And so I think that is really one thing I would rec- recommend um, doing is, is choose a child to invest in, write them letters, get outside of yourself a little bit, 
Um, and I, and I'm not accusing you of being inside yourself. I'm just saying it can be so helpful to like look outward and to really look at someone else's circumstance. It's like, man, like really tough, really difficult. We've set up a website where you can meet, cause you know, I work for compassion. There are so many kids waiting to be sponsored right now. Yeah. Um, we've actually in the history of compassion's existence, never had this many kids on wow. the like list waiting. Mm -hmm. So I'm really passionate to just talk to anybody who has $38 a month, um, and has that ability to sponsor a child, um, and make sure that they, all their needs are met in this season so that they're taken well care of, man, if you want, you know, have any questions about it, we, we are all in, but I, I would just say, go for it, jump in, meet a child, sponsor a child, make that happen. And so you can do that by going to compassion.com slash heart of dating yeah or you can also text yeah you can text hod to 83393 so it's just hod <laughs> so that, really you know easy. what Kate and I are going to do a private like hang with anybody who sponsors a child in the next week we're going to hang out with you and just do a private live zoom with the group of people who sponsor through this link and we've already got 52 people that are going to so be joining crazy. us we're so oh, excited God. So, man, we'd love to have you join us. Bring your questions, your thoughts on disappointment or ghosting. We'll go deeper. And, and I just think it, it could be really – I loved the way you said it the other day, Kate. You said it could be like the lighthouse in the darkness right now. And I think that we can really be the lighthouse for a child and say there's hope. You're going to yeah. get through this. Christy, like I love that because that is kind of – when I sponsored Nancy last month, I was like, gosh, this season, it's not to discount the fact that I have disappointments or that there are hard things going on for me personally. And I'm not here and I don't, you're not here to say like, hey guys, your disappointments don't matter in comparison to other people's. Right, right, right. Um, I don't think that is it at all. But I also think that there is, and I think the enemy likes to bring us to hyper-focusing on our own disappointments so that we get stuck in them. And it's like this terrible mud that we can't move out of. And so I think that there's a way to balance feeling the feels, bringing that to God, praying through the tears like we were talking about, and also finding something to put our hope in in this moment that feels like something that's life-giving and somewhere where we can help and make a difference. And I don't know, when I take my eyes off myself in that way, I just feel so enlivened. You know, I'm like, this is exciting. Things may not have looked what I thought personally, but like I can specifically make a difference for somebody else right now. And that means I'm important right now in this person's life. And I love that. I wasn't important to this guy who broke my heart, but I'm important here. <laughs> right. And I don't know. I just, I love, I love that we can do that. And I think in this season, it's just, there's been so much darkness. We need more light. We need more lighthouses, you know, things that we can say, yeah. oh, this really matters. I'm excited to be yeah. a part of this and just have hope in my life, you know? Well, and you know, Kate, whenever I would go over to a guy's house and if he had a child that he sponsored on his refrigerator, his points went up like by 50. I was like, dang, this guy's got his valleys in the right place. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I, really, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, he sponsors a child. He's like the coolest. Oh, so, man, hey, girl. You know, it can have a lot of positive effect, you know, just I think what to your point is, though, just all humor aside. I think, <laughs> I think that, that's awesome. Though. Yeah, I think when we align our hearts with God's, you know, we grieve with him for the things that he grieves for. And he says so openly and honestly to us over and over again that we are to care for the poor. And yeah. I think that that's not just that he's like, hey, go care for the poor, but that he's like, hey, align your heart so you care for the poor because it will be like, that's where the wellspring of life is, is when yeah. we align our hearts with God's. Yes, I so agree. So I'm just going to say the number one more time is HOD to 83393. If you guys, it'll be texted to you immediately if you guys are interested in checking that out. And it's so awesome. Christy, what a cool conversation. This is so awesome. I feel encouraged. <laughs> Me too. I love talking with you, Kate. And I'm just Hey, I want to just say to all of you, be encouraged because um, we're going to get through this and you are so precious and valuable and there's not a single man or woman who who defines your value. So know that and be loved today. Oh, I love that. Well, you almost just said it, but we every interview I end with the same question, which is just what's your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? I don't know if you want to use what you just said or something yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll just touch on what I said before is do your work of grief so that you can be gentle because um, bitterness isn't attractive. 
and um, just continue to find a way to be whole, be healed, and to reframe your view of what God has for your life because he has a good life plan for you and it's already taking place. And so the more we can live into, I think, day-to-day living and just daily giving our lives to living in communion with the Holy Spirit and just saying, I'm with you and I'm on this adventure with you, God, and I'm curious about what might come, but I'm not desperate for it, you know? Yeah, that's so good. Ooh, that's good, Christy. Well, girl, if people want to connect with you personally, I know you've connected with people from the conference, but our other Heart of Dating listeners, how do they find you? Yeah, come on over to Instagram. I'm Christy, Christy, and yes, I married Dave. I don't think we covered this, but I yeah. married David Christy. I love it. So Your name I got is the killer. double name. Yeah, the Christy Christy. <laughs> it's so cool. I went, I went all in. He did not make me take his name. He was like, please don't. That's going to be so confusing. I'm like, I'm going in. I'm going for it. So yeah, just Christy with a K, Christy with a C-H. They both end with I-E. Would love to meet some of you on Instagram over there. That's where I spend most of my time. I love it, girl. Well, thank you so much for joining us today today for having a real dialogue. And I love you, girl. Love you too. Friend, I hope and I pray that you feel so encouraged after hearing this conversation with Christine. It's true that sometimes disappointment in dating can feel like a chronic disease. We get ghosted over and over. We get excited about something only to have it not be what we thought it was. We invest our time and energy into somebody, into a relationship only to have it end. We continually don't go on dates and don't have any movement in our dating life. And soon enough, we're in our later years and feeling like, what am I doing with my life? I just hope and pray that God revealed something to you and that your heart feels encouraged after hearing this conversation. Also, guys, don't forget, me and Christy have this really stellar goal of getting 100 kids sponsored through Compassion International. Before this episode aired, we had 60 kids, so we just need 40 more people to commit to helping a child in need, to connecting with them, to discipling them, to really making a difference in these children's lives. So to do that, you can visit compassion.com forward slash heart of dating. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 